You know, uh, it's been said that we're either moving forward, standing still, or falling behind. We're either moving forward, we're standing still, or we're falling behind. That, that actually works individually, that actually works corporately when we look at the church of Jesus Christ. And so I guess the logical question as we continue our series this morning on healthy church, we've been talking for the past couple of months about some different things of healthy church. Uh, I guess the logical question is, which statement represents us? Which statement represents you? You're either moving forward, you're either standing still, or we're falling behind. Many times I talk to people um, after New Year's, you know, it's typically a time that we talk to people and we say, are you closer to God now more than you were a year ago? Or are you further away from the Lord? And so it's some of the things that we have to look at. And so this morning I want to talk to you about healthy churches are churches that are always moving forward. Healthy churches are always moving forward. In fact, if you look with me in Exodus chapter 14, take your Bible again and look in Exodus chapter 14. What we know about the story at this point where we pick it up is that God has already begun the process. He's already delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt. We've already been through the plagues. We've already brought the children out. They're on the way out. And um, <clears throat> at this point in our story that Travis read, the, uh, the children of Israel, quite frankly, are landlocked. But it's all by God's doing. God's already planned it. He has a plan. He has a purpose for it all. But they're landlocked. And so they're kind of, um, in the eyes of Pharaoh, Pharaoh's excited because he's like, they have nowhere to go. And in fact, if you look at verse number 10, amazingly, it says, When Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lift up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. And so they immediately cry out. They see Pharaoh is coming in. They see the armies, all the chariots, and all the horses. You can read about that earlier in the chapter. He's gathered everything together. The Lord has hardened his heart. He's like, he's like why? Why did we let them go? Why did we let them go from serving us? We're going to go get them. And so he heads out into the wilderness and, and God's orchestrated this scene. And in verse number 11 and 12, what's crazy is the children of Israel actually begin to blame Moses. They, be, they, they blame Moses for their predicament. They're out there, they're like, what? Were there no graves in Egypt? You had to bring us out here in the wilderness. And this is something that would be echoed over and over. In fact, if you read the book of Numbers, I mean, my goodness, the children of Israel. And, and really what's sad is just a few short days after this extreme blessing of God, they're already murmuring again. But that's not what we're going to look at today. I want to look at God's blessing in uh, the time in which they moved. And so they can't go to the left, they can't go to the right, they, they can't move backwards, quite honestly. And so the only option for them is to go forward. But there's a little problem. It's called the Red Sea. They have no boats. There's no Chesapeake Bay Bridge. There's no, yeah, there's no bridge, there's no boats, quite frankly. They can't swim across the Red Sea. And what we find in verse number 15, see, because in verse number 13 and 14, Moses is a man of faith. Amen? Moses is a man of faith, and he encourages the children of Israel. He tries to tell them, he says, listen, stand still. Watch your God, because he's going to fight for you today. He's going to do some big things for you today. And yet, we find in verse number 15, Moses 
crying out to God. Notice what the Bible says. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. I can't even begin to imagine the scene or the pressures that Moses probably felt with these millions of people gathered around. They're murmuring already about the situation. And God says, speak unto them. Tell them to go forward. Moses is probably thinking, God, what do you think I've been doing? What do you think I'm doing? We're out here in the wilderness. I've been speaking to them. I've been doing everything you told me to do. And God says, speak to them. Tell them to go forward. And notice what God says in verse number 16. The Bible records this. But lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thy hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Now let me ask just a practical question. When was the last time you ever saw that happen? Anybody in here got a rod where they took down to the river and they struck the water and the water separated? Anybody? When was the last time you ever saw that recorded in God's Word? It had never been done. And so Moses cries out to God and God says, he says, quit crying to me. Tell the children to move forward. And Moses is like, oh my goodness, what are you talking about? And he says, stretch out your hand. When you touch the water with the rod, the children will go across on dry ground. I can imagine even for a man of faith or a woman of faith thinking... Right. God, I know that when I threw this rod down, you turned it into a serpent, and then I picked it up. I get that. God, I understand you've done some pretty big things with, uh, with all these uh, plagues that have been taking place, but God, have you seen the Red Sea lately? God says, I created the Red Sea. Don't we ask God some silly questions sometimes? It's like, God, I can't move forward because that's too big of an obstacle. And so what we see here is that God does exactly what he always does when we need him to. He does the miraculous. In fact, if you look in Joshua chapter 3, the children of Israel were faced with another obstacle. This time, remember, it was the Jordan River. Remember, Joshua is in charge now. Moses has passed away. But what, what gets me about the Joshua 3 story and the Jordan River is that the children of Israel had actually been there before under Moses' leadership, and they sent out spies into Canaan land, and they were ready to cross over Jordan into the land of Canaan, but they would not move forward. Have you ever had a time in your life where you said, no, God, I'm not moving forward? And what did that happen? How did that reap? What, what took place in your life after telling God that you wouldn't move forward? Well, this is what happened before. And in Joshua chapter 3, under Joshua's leadership this time, amazingly, God says, listen, you get the Ark of the Covenant, let's start moving across the Jordan. And the moment that the priest, the sole of the priest's feet touched the water, I'm going to split the water, I'm going to draw it up in a heap, and what I want you to do is the Ark of the Covenant, just put it right out there in, in the middle of the Jordan, and the people will pass right by. You remember the scene if you've read that passage in Joshua chapter 3, and God does it again. He does the miraculous. Folks, down through the ages, the children of God, and quite frankly, the church of the living God have faced resistance 
As I said last week, the Bible tells us to be sober and vigilant because your adversary as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. We fight against spiritual wickednesses in high places. The church, you and I as individual believers, as collective called out assembly of baptized believers, we're going to face resistance. We're going to face obstacles in our life. But God's message has never been one of retreat. It's always been forward, move forward, move forward. It's like that song, I have decided to follow Jesus. What is the next? No, no turning back. God's answer is always to move forward. If you're struck with health problems, he says move forward. If you're struck with financial problems, he says use a little bit of the wisdom I'm giving you and move forward. If you're struck with some type of family situation that is going on, God's answer is always move forward. You can't go backward. I cannot go backward in replay when Greg was 32 years of age. All I have is to look forward to that big, beautiful birthday when I turn 52. Why are you laughing? <laughs> See, I can't go back and be Greg from back then. All I can do is be the best Greg I can be today. Amen? We have to move forward. A lot of people live in the land of yesterday and it plagues us, it holds us back. Folks, victory only comes when you and I, if you want to hang on to something today, hang on to this. Victory only comes when you and I, through faith and obedience, move forward. By faith. I base my faith and grow my faith on past provision. The Lord provided for me yesterday. Why won't I trust him to provide for me today and tomorrow? And, you know, the Bible says, hey, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself, right? So let's just worry about what we have right now. Because what I know is life is also a vapor. It appeareth for a little time and then it vanishes away. And so we have to be uh, concerning ourselves with walking by faith and obedience to God's word. And God always says, move forward. And folks, I believe, I really believe this in my heart, a great deal of whether or not you whether or not we as a church family will move forward, it has to do, I'll be honest with you, I talk about a lot, it has to do with our focus. It has to do with our focus. Listen, if we as a church family are focused on keeping things exactly the same, let's keep it the same. Uh, I'm not real sure what that box is, Pastor. But I want to keep it the same, and I never saw that box before. This box is not sinful. This box is not sending anybody to a devil's hell. And yet some people will look at this box and allow this box to get them off track. Some people will look. Can I touch your instrument? <laughs> Have you all seen Mark? He's a pretty big guy. I don't want to get hurt. Somebody look at this. Oh, I can't touch it. He's got it locked. He's got it. Wow. I can't touch it. It's locked. He's got it locked for people like me that go over and want to touch that. Those are things. Those are things. By the way, who gave us the gift of music? Let us make a joyful noise unto who? This message isn't on music, by the way. It's just an idea that a lot of people allow stuff like that to say, I want to keep things the same. 
You weren't so good when it was the same 20 years ago. If you're saved, you ought to be better today than you were yesterday. So, I get, you know, it's crazy to me, and I'm getting old, so I can say this. I love hymns, and I love praise songs. I love all this. I just love worshiping Jesus. And sometimes I like to worship Jesus by, by a song that says you can have it all. And then there's sometimes I like to worship Jesus by singing, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. I like to sing this little light of mine. I want to let it shine. I can sing all those songs. How great thou art. The old rugged cross, amazing grace. Oh, we were in Sunday school class this morning and we were reminding ourselves uh, down at the river to pray. I love all types of music, but if we're concerned with stuff, if we're concerned with staying the same, guess what? We're doomed. Because I told Krista, I said, I should have put up a little picture PowerPoint of me when I was a little baby. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the greatest little slideshow, but the one thing I know is I don't look like I used to look. And my back certainly doesn't feel like my back used to feel. I used to feel like I could do anything. Now today I'm okay if I can just get out of the car and get up here and preach. Some days your back does that when you get a little older. But here's the thing. Remember I said focus. 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 If we're focused on keeping things the same in our spiritual journey or as a church family, we're doomed. But if we're focused on Jesus, oh, there's a novel thought. Hold on. If we're focused on Jesus, I got news for you. It's his word, not my word. His message is always forward. His message is never backward. You say, well, where do you get that? Well, from the very first instance, from the very first instance, the first time that we place our faith in Christ and we put our focus on Christ, we move forward. If you're a note taker, this movement starts when all things become new. We move forward when, we, when we're passed from death to life. In fact, 2 Corinthians 5, verse number 17 says this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. As new creations in Jesus Christ, if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, not only do you have new life, but you have a new identity and a new name, and it's written down in glory. Amen? Amen. By the way, if you have a new name, you have a new identity, you have a new life, chances are you're going to have some new desires. You're going to have some new interests. The things that you used to be interested with, hanging down the street with those boys, that ain't going to be your interest anymore. You're going to be interested in serving the Lord. You're going to be interested in falling more in love with the Lord if you really have a relationship with Him. Listen, when I met my funny little honey, I had a desire to spend more time with her. Why? Because God was working on my heart. He said, hey, idiot, get out of your way and do what you can to talk her into marrying you. Right? Isn't that what we all do? All men marry up, right? We all marry up. We all marry up. We're like... It's like, Lord, help me get out of my way long enough to, to trap this woman, right? <laughs> let, me, let me convince her. Let me convince her that I'm her best option, <laughs> right? Out of everybody in the world, it's like, look, here I am. <laughs> and she's like, 
She's like, Lord, is this all that you have? Oh, guys, all things become new with Jesus. He says, you've been passed from the old death to life. In fact, turn with me really quickly to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. And I've got to turn there too because I'm adding this in. Romans chapter 6. Look with me. Look and see what the Bible says in just the first seven verses. First seven verses of Romans chapter 6. The Bible says what? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? Let me translate. Shall we keep things the same? Now I'm not saying keeping certain things the same. By the way, one thing that never ought to change in the church of God is the word of God. It's true, it endureth forever. It ain't ever leaving this place as long as I'm serving as a pastor. We're going to preach the word of God. Guess what? That's what, that's what I'm called to do. So if you came and you've got tickling ears and you want me to tell you a self-help and all that good stuff, that's probably not the church for you. I mean, I'm going to give you God's word. Notice what it says. It says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Notice what Paul says. God forbid. He says, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? He's speaking of a change. He, all things have become new. He says, how shall we live to sin any longer? Sin's been put to death in our life. Notice what he says on verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. I'll come back to this in a minute, but walking is an indication of moving which way? I don't walk like this to work. I don't walk like this to the kitchen to get my morning cup of coffee. We walk and we move forward. He says we're walking in newness of life. Notice what it says in verse 5. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Verse 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. That henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Listen, I've never seen anybody be freed from the bondage of anything that wanted to go back into it. And yet that's exactly what we do when we want to go back and play in the devil's sandbox. God says move forward and we say, <laughs> thank you for the salvation. I want to go back over here and play a little bit. No, that's not what God has for us. He wants us to move forward. Drop over to verse 22, because we don't have time to go the whole verse, but verse 22. But now, being made from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. This is speaking of moving forward when all things become new. In fact, the old person has been put to death in Jesus Christ, right? In Colossians chapter 3. In verses 1 and following, the Bible says, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. In fact, 
If you look on the other opposite side of the page in your Bible, in Colossians chapter 2, verse number 6, the Bible says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus, so walk ye in him. Again, a reference to moving forward. This is God's message. Walking is this illustration. God says, after Christ comes in, there is a new way in which I want you to walk. In fact, you can spend all day looking over at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 and following, where the Apostle Paul tells those saints at Ephesus, practically speaking, he says, you need to put off the old things, the old conversation, the old way of, uh, of living your life, and put on the new man which is created in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2.10 says we are his workmanship. Oh, yes, we have to walk. We have to move forward. Also, if we're going to move forward as a healthy church, we not only need to remember that when we get in, when we, when we first trust Christ, that all things become new, but we need to forget the past. That does not mean to forget all the times that God has blessed us. Krista and I are in the midst of thanking God so much. We're thinking a lot. You know, we're getting a little nostalgic. I guess that happens the older we get. Thinking about... When God gave us our first child, I was telling Colby, I was telling him, I said, son, do you realize that for the, every night of the first two years of your life, if I was at home, if I wasn't on the road with the military, you laid right here. You laid right there. And I cupped your little bitty, itty, itty bitty head. And I carried you up and I laid you down in the bed when you were this big. The miracle of life, but also... The reminder that all things move forward because I can't pick that boy up now. <laughs> I got news for you. His head is no longer this big. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We have to move forward. We have to forget the past. In fact, Isaiah, in Isaiah 43, 18, what an iconic passage. I only read verse number 18. It says, remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. If you looked at verse number 19, Isaiah said, he says, God says, I'm going to do a new thing. I'm going to do a new thing in your life. He says, remember not the old things. And sadly, individually and corporately, we have a propensity to dwell on the past. We dwell on the past, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. We linger in the land of yesterday. But I can tell you this, if I'm growing in my relationship, if I'm growing not only in that relationship, but my walk with the Lord uh, Jesus Christ, the past will not be as glorious as I sometimes like to make it out to be. Aren't we all guilty of that? We like, look, see, because we become forgetful. We become forgetful, quite honestly. I can't remember everything. I remember some great times in the past. But I also remember some difficult times in the past. God says, remember not the former things. I'm going to do a new thing. Listen, there's nothing wrong with celebrating what God has done in your life individually and corporately, but at some point, if our, as a church family, if our history, if our reputation, if our facilities, if the ministry or music style or any other thing from the past becomes more important than doing what we need to do now, here, now, for Jesus Christ, then we're in trouble. Because there's one thing I know, is that while we're sitting in here in the comfort of this beautiful auditorium, there are people that are racing by on Highway 29. 
just like that, just racing by, Highway 29, going, 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 going. And folks, if we don't go out these doors, you know the whole idea of the church has left the building? If we don't go out these doors and love people enough to tell them the truth, that Jesus Christ loves you and gave himself for you, if we don't love them enough to tell them, who's going to tell them? Who's going to tell them that Jesus loves them? Oh, we must move forward. Listen, in Luke uh, 9, 62, Jesus said, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Listen, not only should we forget the past, but in this passage specifically, Jesus is suggesting, not, don't, don't just forget the past. He says, don't even look back. Don't even look back. What is, what is that phrase that we always say? Hindsight is... Hindsight is 2020. Listen, I can't, I can't look back and say, I would have, should have, could have done that or this or the other. Jesus says, hey, don't even look back. In fact, turn, uh, you're in Exodus, turn over to Genesis 19. Genesis 19. When you get there, Genesis 19, say amen. Okay, now drop your eyes down to verse number 12. Verse number 12 of this story, okay? And this is the story of, of Lot and his wife here in Sodom and Gomorrah. Now notice what the Bible says. And the men, and it's speaking of the two angels that are sent by God to warn them. It says, And the men said unto Lot, verse 12, Hast thou here any besides son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters and whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place? The angel of the Lord is saying, it's time to move. It's time to get going. Notice what happens. Verse 13. For we will destroy this place because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed, notice, but he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. Now, you think God's message is plain enough, right? But notice Lot's response in verse number 16. And while he lingered, it wasn't only Lot's wife that had a problem with leaving the city. Lot has a problem. It says, and while he lingered, Lot's like, hmm, I know you just told me God sent you to destroy the city, and I've told my sons, um, but I'm kind of wondering, is this, is this really a thing? Notice what the Bible says. Because right after it, you see God's mercy. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. And it came to pass when he had brought them forth abroad that he said, Escape for thy life and look not behind thee. Neither stay thou in the, all the plain. Escape to the mountain lest thou be consumed. And so the angel of the Lord says, Listen, you're lingering too, you're taking too long is basically the, the picture we have. The Lord says, boom, he grabs Lot, grabs his wife. The other angel grabs the two daughters. They jerk them out of there. They take them to the edge of the city. And then the angel says this, he says, escape. Don't even stop down here in the plain. You get up into the mountains because it's not safe down here because this place is getting ready to be consumed. God's message was moved forward. 
But if you go over just a few short verses to verse number 26, in such an iconic story, in his story, we know what happens in verse number 26. The Bible says this, But his wife looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. Folks, let me break it down to you. She died. God takes this, this matter of moving forward seriously. When he says it's time to move forward, he means exactly what he says. As children who have trusted in Christ, all things become new. God says, forget, don't remember the past, don't even look back. He says, I'm getting ready to do something new in your life. Guys, I'm telling you, I believe it with all my heart. God wants to do something new each and every day in the ministry of Battlefield Baptist Church. Ah, but only a few of you mumbled amen. And you see, that's the problem. Only a few of you believe that God's in the move forward business. And so you know what happens? When there's not unity, right? When everybody isn't focused on moving forward, we got some people that are hanging out by their train tracks saying, well, I'm not sure if this train's moving on or not. I got news for you. It's moving on. Just look in the mirror. Just look in the mirror. We are not what we used to be. We don't look the same. The people who are members of this church are not the same as they were in 1980. This place has changed over the years. But one thing that will always stay the same is that Jesus is still on his throne. His word is true and it will continue to be preached and taught here. That doesn't mean that we have to do everything just exactly as it was done in 1992. Or 2017. God says, keep moving forward, keep moving forward. I've got something for you, but I need you to be obedient. I need you to be faithful. I need you to trust me. I need you to walk by faith like all the children of faith in the past. The church hasn't arrived yet. In the words of Rocky Balboa to his trainer, Mick. We got more to do, Mick. We got more to do. God says, we've got more to do. Keep moving forward. Don't look back. Don't remember the old things. Listen, all things are new in Christ. You have a new identity. You have a new name. You have new interests. You should have new desires. Oh, we have to move forward. In Philippians 3, verse 13 and following, the apostle Paul, he wrote to the church at Philippi. He says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And then he says this to the church at Philippi. He says, let us, therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. He says, the same mind that I have should be the mind that you have. And if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Oh yeah, after his conversion... The Apostle Paul was not settled on standing still or moving backward. He was always moving forward with his Savior. Oh yes, people still need Jesus. People still have habits and hurts and hang-ups. We have to be about meeting the needs of the people. Oh, may God help us to move forward. And folks, as I finish the, the message here, probably one of the best ways to move forward, I know this sounds simple, Look unto Jesus. You want to move forward? Just keep looking at Jesus. You say, well, that sounds kind of simplified. Yeah, look what Hebrews, look what the writer of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter 12. 
Look, Hebrews chapter 12, in verse 1 and 2, it says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The race isn't set behind. The race isn't set to the left. The race isn't set to the right. The race is set before us. And the writer of Hebrews says, let us run that race. Look at verse number 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Folks, Jesus came, he endured the cross because he was able to look forward into time. He looked forward to right now. If you're here this morning, you've never trusted Christ. He looked forward into time to that moment when he wanted you to open up your heart and to trust Him as Savior. If you're here and you've trusted Christ as your Savior, you're a part of Battlefield Baptist Church. You may be searching for a church home. He looked forward to this very moment in time. He's saying, move forward. Keep moving forward. You can't go back and replay yesterday. All you have is today. And if I give you tomorrow, tomorrow. Oh, we have to move forward. Our race as individuals and as a healthy church can only be run and it can only be won when we move forward with Jesus. Oh, no turning back, no looking back, no moving back. Only looking and moving forward with Jesus Christ as our Savior. Do me a favor, flip back to Exodus 14 and I close the message. Back in Exodus chapter 14. In Exodus chapter 14, here's some, something really amazing. God tells Moses, he says, hey, why are you crying unto me? Tell the children to go forward, right? And so look at what the Bible says here. In Exodus chapter 14, look at verse 21, verse 21 and following. And the Bible says, And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land. And the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and upon their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them in the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning watch, the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels <laughs> that they drave them heavily. So that the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fighteth for them. Isn't that what Moses told the children that God would do? He says, let us flee, for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. And the Lord said unto Moses, stretch out thy hand over the sea, that the waters may come together again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared. And the Egyptians fled against it. And the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of them. The Pharaoh that came into the sea after them that remained not so much as one of them. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea. And the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. In verse 30, Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw the great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed 
the Lord and his servant Moses. You see, folks, when we move forward, when we move forward, just as the children of Israel did in this, in this story from yesteryear, when we move forward by faith and obedience to the Lord and his plan and his provision, we can be assured of his presence. You saw how that, that pillar by day and the cloud of fire, the, the, they were still there with the children of Israel. God was still using it. He had never taken that apart from the children of Israel as they escaped Egypt, right? And so he was with them. His presence was there. But God also protected them. In verse 10, we saw that Pharaoh had drawn nigh to them. He's right upon them. But God, if you read the rest of the story a little bit before that, God used that pillar, that cloud, to hinder them so that they couldn't even see the children of Israel. He not only was with them, his presence. He not only protected for them, but God provided for the children of Israel. Now you say, what's the big deal? The big deal is simply this. When we move forward with God, not only are all things possible, all things are probable. When we move forward with God, not only are all things possible, folks, I'm telling you all things are probable, as long as it's according to His will. Now listen, don't go out here today and go and get you a scratcher and say, well, with God, I'm going to scratch this and win a million dollars. That's not what I'm saying. By the way, if you do, just remember to tithe on it. Oh, I want to read to you two verses. Look at the screen, because here's what happened. After the children of Israel, who were crying, right? They were blaming Moses. They're like, ah, we're in this situation. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And God says, tell them to go forward, right? And so Moses says, hey, we got to keep moving forward. And they go through the Red Sea, and God does this marvelous miracle. And we're not going to talk about what happens down the road. Let's just talk about what happened in the moment. Exodus chapter 15. Exodus chapter 15, verse 1 and 2, the Bible says, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him a habitation, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. Listen, they were thankful for the, all that God had done then and there. And folks, as we move forward, I want to encourage you, be thankful for the little things. Be thankful. Always be thankful. It's real easy to get hateful and disgusting, and talk to people like, like you have no uh, bearing. But if you're a child of God, you have Jesus Christ living inside of you. Oh, let his words uh, uh, garner, let his truth uh, come out of our mouths. You know, they say, uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Right? So it's great. Let's, let's try speaking the truth in love. Let's try letting no corrupt communication proceed out of our mouth, but that which is good for the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Let's try that as we move forward. Let's hit, let the Lord be the captain of our salvation. All moving forward begins when all things become new. Moving forward continues as we forget the past, we quit looking backward, and we learn to look forward to Jesus Christ the author and the finisher of our faith. Let us pray. Thank you so much for listening. 
If you'd like more information about our ministry, check out our website at battlefieldbaptist.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you next time.